Hello, and welcome to the Tarot to Go radio podcast. I'm Anastasia Hazler, Executive Director, here with me today. Rose Red, hello. And Andrew, hello. And our very special guest, James Rickliffe from Los Angeles. Welcome, hello. James. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for making time for us on a beautiful Saturday morning and uh, giving us some of your day. We really appreciate it. I was very happy when Rose said that she'd scheduled you for today. Good. Great. Me too. Yeah. So um, you've written a lot of books. <laughs> yes, you, you have. You've done a Majors Only deck and a full 78-card deck. Yeah. And um, I guess I'd like to start with, with your most recent deck, the Tarot of the Masters. Okay. Um, that's the full deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, at um, the LA Tarot Symposium last year, you gave a workshop on it, which I was able to attend and really oh. enjoyed. <laughs> oh, it's it, it great. Um, it's a good introduction to the deck and uh-huh. the, your thought process behind creating it and the actual artistic process behind it. Yeah. And I was wondering if you would share a little bit of that with our listeners. Okay. Um, the cards in, in my deck, the Tarot of the Masters, they were all inspired by classic paintings or works of art by old masters, mm-hmm. hence the name Tarot of the Masters, such as Toulouse Lautrec, El Greco, Rubens. Uh, artists like that. Mm-hmm. So in preparation for creating the deck, I looked through hundreds and hundreds of works of art in order to find one that would uh, suit each of the 78 cards of the tarot deck. And when I found something that I thought, oh, this will work very well, then I did my own line drawing, pen and ink, black and white line drawing version of that, of, of the painting, or mm-hmm. of a piece of the painting. Mm-hmm and then scanned that in, and then colored it using a software package. It's, it's not Paint Shop, but it's something mm-hmm. kind of similar to that. Wow. Um, so that's how I got to uh, uh, create its cards. That's pretty labor-intensive. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the result is great. I love the images. The colors are so vivid. Oh, thank you. And just really nicely done. It was really a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting because having studied some Renaissance art history in a former period of my life, uh, <laughs> I recognize some of the, at least I think I recognize some of the images. I could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very curious. Um, the emperor? Yes. Um, that looks like a statue in the Palazzo Vecchio in Florence. The emperor is one of the few that is not a from a painting. Mm-hmm. It is from a statue in the tomb of Lorenzo de' Medici. Okay, that's right. I knew I'd seen it. Michelangelo. Okay, I knew I'd seen it in Florence somewhere. <laughs> it's like, ah. Oh. Um, yes, and I thought that was perfect to use a statue for the emperor. Mm-hmm. You know, set in stone, things mm-hmm. like that. Absolutely. Things that work with the emperor. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, the, the Medici family, you know, was very powerful in their time. Yes. So, you know, even though they weren't, you know, officially you know, rulers until the mid-1500s. You know, they're the unofficial civic rulers. Um, but I love that. I'm like, wait, I've seen this somewhere before. Um, I was also curious because um, temperance looks like a Vermeer. Temperance is a Vermeer. Okay, yay, the memory works. <laughs> um, yes, that, that one, um, a, a lot of people recognize that as being a Vermeer because it is just so, he's so distinctive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the colors particularly. And um, no, it's it's. I really love that. Now I have a question because um, I'm looking at the sun card. The which card? Sun. Yes. And um, 
I'm not, I don't have any direct associations with that. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about your inspiration on that one. Okay. The Sun card um, comes from, uh, well, it's not exactly a painting, as I recall. Hold on. Let me, let me look that up. And sure. sure I, I get this right. Um, This almost reminds me of like a party game almost. <laughs> well, that, that it's, it's a painting or the work of art is of Apollo, mm -hmm. God, mm -hmm. uh, which is one of the reasons that I wanted to use it. But it also just, for me, it sort of uh, showed the enthusiasm, the joy, the joie de vivre, however you want to put it, mm -hmm. that, that I like associating with the sun card. Yeah. Um, the card itself was inspired by, it's just from a detail uh, from uh, something, a painting called Apollo and the Continent hmm. by Giovanni Battista Tieplo. It was from the uh, early or mid-18th century. Mm -hmm. um, it was, I believe, from the uh, ceiling of a, some chapel or something. Wow. I so. can't remember exactly. I'd have to look up my notes. Oh, no, it's, it's just amazing how, you know, there are these gigantic, you know, big as a building pieces of art, and you're able to find these details to pull into the cards. Yes. I think, I think that's great. Yeah. The, um, most of the cards I, or a lot of the cards, I have edited out a little bit of uh, things here and there. And mm -hmm. that one, it had a couple of, um, uh, I, I wouldn't call them angels, it was more like, you know, other minor goddesses or something mm -hmm. around in the picture, but I wanted to focus on Apollo. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, particularly for the sun card, it, yeah. that's just perfect. So it, it is one of the things I really enjoy about the deck is the images that you've pulled from have a resonance with how you've used them in the card. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of them have more energy than you see in a lot of majors. I'm looking at the Hanged Man in particular. Oh, yes. In, instead of this very static, head down, feet up, arms out to the sides, he's almost you know, swinging, blowing in the wind. Maybe he's trying to get out of it just by you know, swinging his way out of things. But it's, it's, it's got a lot more energy in it than, than you typically see in the Hanged Man. Yeah, what, um, what I envision for it is that he's just... Come, he's, you know, has a rope around his ankle, and he's just coming down into the hanging position. Mm. Oh, like he just stepped into the trap and been yanked off his feet, kind of. Yes. yes. Oh, okay, okay. But the 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 inspiration for that one is um, just a little piece of a painting called "The Fall of Phaeton" mm. by uh, Sebastiano Ricci. Mm -hmm. Which and and I'm probably slaughtering a lot of these pronunciations because I've only ever read most of them and never heard them. <laughs> but it was from around 1700. Mm -hmm. And if you know the story of the fall of Satan, that's the youth who was the uh, son of the the child of the sun god, mm -hmm. and and at that time uh, they were using Helios as the sun god, and. Um, he wanted to prove to his friends that he was indeed the son of a god. And so he went to his father and said, you know, all my friends are, nobody believes me and they're mocking me and everything, but I want to prove it. And so, you know, the sun god very magnanimously says, well, anything you want, you can have. And he says, I want to drive the sun chariot for a day. 
<laughs> and, and Dad, can I borrow me, the car? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I was going to say, it sounds like a story. modern story here. Yeah, and, and yeah, really. Uh, and, and Helios just sort of gulped and went, oh, man, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so he, he had to keep his word. He tried to talk the kid out of it, but he had to keep his word. And so, he, of course, this child could not uh, control raging stallions of the sun god and so the, the the chariot's going up too high and coming down too low and so and everything and so everyone all the other gods and goddesses tell Zeus you've got to stop this or it's going to destroy the earth so Zeus throws a thunderbolt hits to hit the chariot and knock him out of the chariot and so he falls to the ground mm-hmm. uh, so this is a picture of him the, the original painting is a picture of him just falling out of the chariot. Oh. And so I just took him from mm-hmm. that picture mm-hmm. and and then put everything else, you know, the, just some branches and a rope to hang there. And I added the coins that he's releasing mm-hmm. to give that, that release of materialism that, that sometimes works very well ah. with that card. Oh, that's great. That and works so well. And a great so story well. about the inspiration behind it and the... Wow. Yeah. So that, yeah. And, and the, book, the book that I've written for the deck gives all that sort of information. It, 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 it refers to all of the, um, the works of art that inspired it. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was hoping that was all written down somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, it, it gives all that. And then also I talk about how that specifically, that painting or statue in the case of you know, a couple of examples, uh, how the, the original artwork relates to or can be related to the meaning of this card and, or give things a new spin. Like I was saying with the Emperor card, the fact that that one is a statue, so it's set in stone, you know, is, is very uh, resonant with the meaning for the Emperor. Also, that statue is in a, a niche in a wall, which is rectangular shape. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no curves or anything. It's not arched or anything like that. Right. And so it, it has this, you know, squared off kind of look that works very well for that. Mm-hmm. And that nice four-sided container of it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry? The, it's, you know, the, the, the niche it's in, it makes this very nice four-sided container that, yes. you know, for stability but also confinement. Right. Um, so yeah. no, it's 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 great. It just happens to be the shape of a card. <laughs> it, it does work well with the shape of the card. Although mm-hmm. sometimes uh, some of the cards I have done a little bit of of work on trying to make them fit into that vertical format. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the original painting, although looking very nice in terms of um, the format that the painting's in, it doesn't work so well for the one of the biggest examples is the, um, the Magician card, mm-hmm. um, which is a painting called The Magician <laughs> um, by uh, Hieronymus Bosch. Mm-hmm. And in that painting, the original painting is more in a landscape um, format. If you know mm. that, that means it's, it's yeah, wide. wider than tall. Yes. And so to try to, to fit that into a tarot card format, which is uh-huh. tall, um, I had to scoot a lot of the figures in mm-hmm. 
in closer to the center. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I uh, for that one, you know how in the Rider Waite deck you have the the magician has all the four suit icons on his table. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, in this one, then I kept it the way it is, wherein the the magician is more um, a showman. You know, stage. It seems a little bit more like stage magic, which goes back to the uh, Terra de Marseille feeling for the magician. Right. You know, he has a table there, and he's got the little cup, you know, like, okay, which... Yeah, where's shell the, game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah shell game, exactly. Cup is the pee under. Yeah. Or whatever. So anyway, I... The, the image that I created then is not quite as long as, as a tarot card image would be, because as it was, I had to squish everything in anyway, mm-hmm. so to speak. So... I have a little bit at the bottom that I show the four suit icon right. below him. And that makes uh, the image of the, the scene a little squarer. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah. But it still works. It still conveys oh, yeah. you know, the, 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 the idea of the card. Yeah. Um, I also like the high priest card. Yes. Because it looks like... Um, one of the, uh, uh, which Pope is it? Um, not Julius. Um, Ga, uh, Clement? It is Gregory the Ninth. Gregory, okay. That's... It's Gregory the Ninth approving the Decretals. Oh, goodness. Which I probably am mispronouncing also. <laughs> uh, by Raphael Sanzio. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's from around 1500. Mm-hmm. And, um. There's a whole story about um, him approving the decretals and what that means, and and I talk about that in the book also. But mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, basically when he um, had the canon law standardized, mm-hmm. which I thought worked really well with. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Um, here is the one true right way to think about this. That's right. Uh, <laughs> there is no other way. It's like, uh, well. That is definitely that yeah. guy. Yeah. I also was very happy. Judgment looks a lot like a, a William Blake. Judgment is, there are a couple of cards that I use um, more than one work of art mm-hmm. as its uh, inspiration. Mm-hmm. Judgment is one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, the top part of it that shows that um, uh, angelic or divine figure, mm-hmm. that is Blake. Huh. That's um, the, uh, a watercolored etching called The Ancient of Days by mm-hmm. William Blake. Mm-hmm. The lower section, however, is a painting by Frederick Layton. Okay. And the painting is called And the Sea Gave Up the Dead, which were in it. Oh. Which again, I thought worked really well with the judgment card. You know, people coming up right. from the grave. And wow, that is so perfect. Yes, and and that title is based on a passage, a uh, biblical passage uh, from Revelation. Oh, right. So it just really could not be more apropos. <laughs> uh, yes, I liked it, but the original paint, that painting itself, of course, didn't have that. That piece, mm-hmm. that top piece of so, you know an angel calling them or something, mm-hmm. and so that's why I added in then the Blake image. Yeah, 
And, you know, for, for anybody who studied Blake extensively, it's a great use of that image. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I did in-depth study on Blake when I was in college because I was an English major. And you have to do something, and it was either Melville or Blake. I went with, I went with Blake. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to read Moby Dick. I just don't. Um, so, but no, but that's just so perfect for that card. Um, did, did you kind of intentionally seek these things, or did they more come together in sort of a serendipitous manner? Um, yes and no. <laughs> um, one of my original inspirations was uh, the Seven of Pentacles. Uh, the image that I used for the Seven of Pentacles is a painting called The Man with the Hoe. Yes. And, um, second... Um, okay. Now, The Man with the Hoe is a painting from the mid-1800s, uh, okay? Mm -hmm. But around 1899, a poem was written based upon it or inspired by it called The Man with the Hoe also. Um, it was really popular. Mm -hmm. It was published in thousands of newspapers. Um, and being 1899, I'm sure that Pamela Coleman Smith was aware of it. She had to have been. They had to have been aware of that poem because it was just immensely popular. 1899, she was, you know, she was around, certainly. Mm -hmm. She also knew a bit about um, art, and that, that poem reinvigorated interest in that painting. Hmm. Okay? Now, if you look at my card, The Seven of Coins, mm -hmm. or if you look at the original painting, The Man with a Hoe, which is by uh, Jean-Francois Millet. Um, it looks like the Seven of Pentacles in the Rider-Waite deck. Wow. It really looks, the posture of the man standing there, I mean, uh, Pamela Coleman-Smith added all those vines that he's looking at, but the way, the look of, of that character, and so um, when I discovered that, it, the way that I discovered it was I was teaching a tarot class, and one of my students at one point, when we were talking about the seven of coins, he said, you know, it looks just like the man with a hoe. And I wasn't aware of that painting at that time, and so I looked it up, and I you know, researched it and found out more about the poem and the painting and everything. And I thought, wow, that is, I really think that she probably used that painting as her inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that got me thinking about, this was years and years ago that this happened, um, and, but it got me thinking, just percolating in the back of my head, that, wow, you know, I'll bet a lot of the cards have some sort of um, similarity to other paintings. Mm -hmm. And um, then I decided, well, you know, let me try to look and see about that. And just It, it started off more just sort of curiosity, and I looked into it and was looking around and, and looking at other paintings and everything, and I started seeing a lot of similarities. I mean, there are some that are, that are just obvious. Of course, there's going to be something similar, like uh, Justice Card, mm -hmm. you know, a woman holding a sword and, a, and, and scales. There are lots of those. <laughs> but that one, it wasn't, can I find something that, that works with this card? It was, can I narrow it down? Right. Uh, but even with a lot of the others, there was so much similarity, and I think a lot of that is because 
especially with the major arcanas, which were have been illustrated going back to the you know the, the start of it, mm-hmm. Carol, that they were evolving at the same time that art was mm-hmm. evolving too. I mean, it, it, neither one happened in a vacuum. Right. And so I started finding more and more, and I decided that I was going to do a deck based on on that. And so I just started looking through, and that's what's great about the Internet, is that I don't have to fly around the world to look at, you know. I could just browse through. There are a lot of websites that just have hundreds and hundreds of paintings. Mm -hmm. So I did that, and spent a lot of time doing that, and then working on the cards. Mm -hmm. So the Seven of Coins, I had that in mind from, you know, before I even started working on the deck. Then when I decided to work on the deck, there were uh, two or three cards, I, I believe, I, one in particular that I can remember, that I knew what I wanted to use mm-hmm. before I even had to start looking. Yeah. Uh, for example, the King of Coins. I've renamed the Pentacles to Coins. Mm-hmm. So the King of Coins is a, uh, from an illustration from the original version of... Um, uh, the Christmas Carol. Ah, oh, the Dickens book, yes. Yes. Yeah. And the King of uh, Coins is based on the uh, the, pic- the illustrations for the Ghost of Christmas Present. Yeah, I, I can see that. Hmm. That's really nicely done. Yeah. And so I really wanted to use that because I thought, oh, that's really cool. Well, it's, it's, it is the perfect manifestation of material abundance. Yes. Yeah. But, but also generosity, magnificence, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and just, I thought that was, and, uh, and the image I, I was aware of, I thought, oh, that would be just a great image anyway for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. others were a lot more difficult to find, uh-huh. something that really worked for it, but mm-hmm. I found something for everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, it's, I, I really, really like this deck. It's just the associations I have with it. Um, you know, with, with the artworks that I recognize or think I recognize. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that stirs up associations with the card as well as, you know, the traditional meaning of the card and the symbols contained within the card. It, it, it gives it another layer to work with, which I think is yes. really nice. Yes, and that, that was part of my intention. I figured, you know, this would you know, give a lot of, of that sort of thing. And, and sometimes I, I even talked about in, in the book describing the the deck. Sometimes I even talked about the um, artist and what the artist was doing at the time mm-hmm. and, and how that uh, related. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the, see, I think it's the Eight of Coins uh, that had a very interesting association. Let me, let me pull that up. It's a young woman, looks like she's doing needlework. I'm sorry? It looks like she's doing needlework. Yeah, she's doing, oh yes. She's doing needlework. Mm-hmm. It's a painting called The Needlewoman by Diego Vela... Oh, God. <laughs> Velasquez? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, and and let, me, let me read what I have here just on the blurb for this. Mm-hmm. The paintings of women involved in needlework are not uncommon, and they typically represent an honor, industriousness, which I really like as a meaning for, for the Eight of Coins. Absolutely. Okay, this particular example of such a painting has a unique feature, however, in that it was found in Velasquez's studio at the time of his death, unfinished, even though he is thought to have begun painting it a decade or two prior to his death. Hmm. 
Uh, this fact seems an ironic statement in light of the typical <laughs> meanings associated with this card. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. But, you know, that's also the shadow side of the Eight of Coins. Yeah. Is the, well, I've got all these good ideas, and I'll get to them tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we are talking about procrastination earlier and how it's so easy to, you know, find ways to put off doing what you really need to do. So, yeah. Uh, now it, I really like this deck, and if you know anybody who is into art history, this would be a great gift for them. Yeah. Actually, um, I have a friend who bought a copy of the deck for herself, and then she bought a copy of the deck for her mother, mm -hmm. who is not really into tarot, but her mother really loves art. Oh. And you know, so she gave her that as a, as a present. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, what I, a couple of things that I did was, like I said, I renamed um, the suit of pentacles coins, mm -hmm. which is not a new thing. I mean, that goes back. A lot of old decks are like that. And I renamed a few of the other ca uh, cards, just like um, the, we talked about the high priest. I changed that name from the hierophant. Mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, the devil card, I changed that name to demon. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that that works better because it's about your own personal demons, right? Um, and it doesn't have a lot of the um, that word doesn't have a lot of the emotional baggage that uh, devil does that, mm -hmm. that is very off-putting to some people. Yeah. But the probably the more significant change is that there are a few of the cards, um, this mostly in the the minor arcana, that I've changed the image from the Rider Waite deck. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the cards look much like the Rider Waite deck, uh, but a few of them, um, I, I just didn't like how they were in the Rider Waite deck. For example, the Two of Wands. Mm -hmm. I've always thought that the Two of Wands and the Three of Wands look so similar, right. such a similar energy, mm -hmm. that I wanted something much more distinct for the Two of Wands. And I also think that I, I wanted the Two of Wands to show duality in it mm -hmm. a little more and show some sort of conflict because mm -hmm. Wands are very energetic and Two is about duality. So the, the painting that inspired that one is called The Wrestlers uh, by Gustave Courbet. And it was a uh, 19th century painting. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I have that instead of the man standing up on, you know, looking out, Right. Holding a globe in his hand and looking out over the scenery. And then in the Three of Wands, you have a man standing up on a high place looking out over scenery. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I did that. But I do also talk about, um, about that painting and about Courbet also. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, it's just great. So um, you mentioned that you've got... Um, a couple other projects that you're working on currently. Can you tell us about those? Uh, the main other project that I'm working on is, because I've, I've just finally finished the book for this. I mean, I, I always had the book in sort of note form online so that anybody who bought the deck, I gave them a link to that so that they could mm. you know, find out about it. But I just finally polished it up and, and put it in format and um, and got that published and it, it is available 
Congratulations. Oh, thank you. That's uh, a huge amount of work. So. Yes. <laughs> Definitely yes. congratulations. And so what I'm doing now is I'm, uh, for another book, I want to do a book of uh, readings that are more based on spirituality or, or on sp uh, questions of spirituality. It's similar to some of the stuff that um, Rachel Pollack has done mm -hmm. uh, with uh, what's that book called? Forest of Trees, I think. Forest of Souls. Forest of Souls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure she does not take it personally. <laughs> and um, so I wanted, I'm creating spreads for questions like, what is spirituality? Mm -hmm. And then I do a reading for it. And then I also, um, when I created this, the deck that we were just talking about, I also created a Yahoo group for people that buy the deck that want to be able to ask questions about it, mm -hmm. they can ask questions, and I'm monitoring the group, and so I'll, I'll answer the question. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it, I, I thought that would kind of help people get you know, a little more out of the deck. Mm -hmm. And so I've also then started um, posting question, those questions, like what is spirituality, what is love, um, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'll post the question, and I'll give the spread, that I recommend using for, uh, for it, although people are perfectly welcome to, you know, to help use whatever spread they want. And, and then they do readings for it, and I do readings for it, and we compare them and talk about them. So that's kind of where that book is started, mm -hmm. um, just those conversations, okay? Because I want to see how that evolves and then see how I can turn that into a book. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the problems that I've had in terms of advanced tarot books is, I mean, my first two books was, uh, were um, Tarot Tells a Tale, which is just how to do tarot readings, mm -hmm. okay? And I have uh, a whole bunch of sample readings in it so that people can see how to, to put it all together and actually do a reading. Mm -hmm. um, the sample readings are all for um, uh, people out of history, literature, things like that, so that people have a chance of knowing the backstory, what's going on in that person's life, instead of you know having sample readings by someone named Joe. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's also, it, it, um, when I was reading the book, it's one of the things I really enjoyed about it, because I felt more drawn in. Yes. Uh, so, that wow. Was, yeah, that, that was... That was the intent. So, Tarot Tells a Tale, I had no trouble getting that published. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, the second book is uh, Tarot, Get the Whole Story, which I'm not real happy with the title because it doesn't really explain it very well. But, again, when you have a publisher publish your book, they take some control of the thing. Right. But it's about spreads. Mm -hmm. How to create spreads how to create your own spreads, how to read um, using some spreads that I've created. And so for that one, again, I present uh, a diversity of you know, different kinds of spreads mm -hmm. and give sample readings again, just like in Tarot Tales of Tale. Mm -hmm. Sample readings using um, people from history, literature, mythology, and so on, mm -hmm. and do readings for them. Um, so those two books, you know, how to do tarot readings and uh, a book about spreads, 
how to create spreads, and then um, how to do readings using more complex kind of spreads. Mm-hmm. Those were pretty easy cells. But then anything beyond that, going to something more complex, I've had a real hard time getting publishers interested in because they want simple books because they sell more. Right. right. There are more beginners. There are many more beginners. You know, it's like a pyramid shape where mm-hmm. you have, you know, the at the bottom is the lowest level of experience, but the broadest number of people. Right. And so that's what they want to publish, unless you have a big name like Rachel Pollack who can publish anything she wants because she's so brilliant and everyone <laughs> knows it. And I'm trying to make it up for, you know, for getting the title of that book. Um, <laughs> Um, and but no, seriously though, um, you know, I mean, she has a very well-known name, so people look for you know, another book by her, mm-hmm. and they are brilliant. Too. Mm-hmm. She's an excellent writer. So anyway, um, so I wanted to do I wanted to do some more um, advanced kind of books, and I thought that this this idea about doing book readings for and talking about readings for spiritual kind of question would be a really good book, but I you know, haven't really found much enthusiasm in, on the part of the publisher, and I decided that I would self-publish it. Well, mm-hmm. my book to go with my Tarot Masters, I'm self-publishing because I knew that that one is going to be a, a limited distribution. Right. Uh, because the, I'm also self-publishing the, the deck, and so there are, it's it's a limited number. I mean, there aren't thousands of thousands of copies of that deck out there. There are like a couple of hundred. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there wouldn't be that many people buying the book. So that was kind of also an experiment to see how well this um, uh, place where I found that you can publish books, you know, create books and have them publish them, mm-hmm. uh, which is createspace.com. Well, I love CreateSpace. We do all of our we do all of our publishing through there. Um, the books, uh-huh. the, the the DVDs, everything. It's yes. it's so much less complicated. <laughs> yes. yes. And 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 they're really nice products too. I, yes. I love how the stuff comes out. Yes, I mean the the book that I have, you know, the um, proof copy. The I ordered because I just finished this like a few days ago. Oh wow! So yes. it is brand new. Yes. And so I have the proof copy, which, you know, is, is what the book will look like. And it, you, you would have no idea that this didn't come from uh, a major publisher. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I was very happy with it. I was very happy with the process. It's relatively easy. You just have to know how to format a book. Mm-hmm. But I was able to do that. Yeah, and they do have a lot of helpful guidance on their site as well. And for people, for people who are completely overwhelmed, they actually have people on their staff who can do it if, mm-hmm. if you're completely... Okay. Yeah. I, I never, I didn't really have to use that. I, mm. No, I, I, I'm lucky my spouse has the, that skill set. Uh, so, you know, he, he can do book layout, he edits video, it's great. <laughs> I got very lucky. <laughs> okay. Um, so, anyway, back to the spirituality kind of you know, reading, mm. then now that I've tested that, tested those waters, I know that I can put together this book and have something available for more advanced tarot readers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I'm working on this book that, you know, I, I, I realize that I'm probably not going to sell 10,000 copies of this, but I just want to do it. And, and, well, you know, possibly, but I know that, <laughs> that publishers are not going to you know, jump at the chance to, to publish it because they don't see that as a big moneymaker. Right, because, they're, they're, you know, people, will pick, there are people who will pick up an introductory book or two or three, uh-huh. And then they get distracted and go on to something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's a pyramid thing, and there are fewer and fewer people at the advanced levels. But, you know, frankly, I would love to have more availability of advanced materials. Mm-hmm. I don't need yet another book that says, the suit of cups corresponds to the element of water. Exactly. I know that. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I'd like some fresh insight here. Right. But if you look out there, you see that... That's mainly what there are, are beginning books of how to read tarot cards. Mm-hmm. What the cards mean and then how to read them. And that's, that's what publishers keep cranking out. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's what I'm going to do with this. I'm, once I get a better feel for where I want to go with it, but for now I'm doing the, uh, the readings. And, and I'm also going to suggest that in addition to doing a reading for you know, me doing a reading and sharing maybe some other thought, readings that other people do mm-hmm. on a, a question like, what is spirituality? This is the spread we used. Mm-hmm. This is the readings we did, mm-hmm. which will help people see more about, more into the cards, see more spiritual kind of um, interpretations of the cards, mm-hmm. and see how to do a reading for this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So they can do them themselves. They can mm-hmm. do the same reading for themselves and find out. But also, I want to suggest that what you can also do is change that um, that question a little bit. Instead of what is spirituality, you can do a reading for yourself. Is what is spirituality mean? To, what does spirituality mean to me? Right. Or or how is it um, active in my life or something like that? Mm-hmm. And use pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. It's so nice to hear people who are not just doing the same old thing yeah. with, with the tarot. Um, because you know, it's, it's you know, basic divination, good stuff, personal insight, good stuff. But there's so much about the tarot that can actually be about personal growth. It's like, okay, I've got this insight, now what do I do with it? Yeah. And um, so it's, it's encouraging to hear that, that you're focusing on that kind of work with the tarot. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think that that's really where there's a lot of um, potential use that has not been tapped. Mm-hmm. Tarot has been used a lot for just fortune-telling or, or doing readings that are um, a little... I mean, when I do readings for clients, what I tell people is that it's, I'm not so much a fortune teller as a fortune helper. Oh, I like that. You know, I, I want to help you create the future that, mm-hmm. you, that you want to have mm-hmm. instead of telling you, okay, your future is set in stone. This is what's going to happen. You're SOL. Good <laughs> Goodbye. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's like Joseph Martin always reminds people we are self-determined, not predetermined. Right. And I think that's a very important message for people to hear, particularly if they're new to the tarot Uh or if they've had readings or experience with tarot before with one of the, oh, I'm going to tell you your future and you can't change it kinds Uh of things. 
Um, I, I, I think it's, it's much more helpful for people to realize that, well, this is how things look, but what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Right. So. And so that's, that's one step beyond, you know, just doing, okay, you know, you're going to meet a tall, dark stranger and fall in love and so on, you know, that kind of <laughs> um, it's It's a lot better to go into that, you know, the mm-hmm. empowerment kind of, of readings and so on. But beyond that is just the whole idea of using the tarot for your own personal growth. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to see more of that. And, and there's not a whole, I mean, there, I can think of a few books that are out there that, that are about that. Mm-hmm. Um, most notably, of course, by um, both uh, Rachel Pollock and Mary Greer. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not a whole lot. No. So I want to, to contribute to that. I think that that's really important. Oh, hurrah. Yeah. Yay. So, anything else going on that you'd like to share with our listeners? I mean, yeah. not that that isn't keeping you busy enough, <laughs> but... That, yeah, that's, that's kind of what, what's keeping me busy at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'd also like to point out to our listeners, um, if you're interested in learning more about James, you can visit his website, which is jamesrickliff.com. Um, and one of the things I, I like on your site is your tarot affirmations. Oh, oh, good! I'm glad somebody's reading them. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't monitor your site traffic, um, but um, but I, I like um, the most recent one. It's the Knight of Wands. I'm able to find bold and creative ways to solve my problems. Um, I think particularly coming during tax week here in the U.S., this is a very good one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I know a lot of people with this here were like, I'm filing an extension, I can't face it. Uh And it's like, "Mm, okay, you can file an extension, but you still have to face it at some point. Um, But it's particularly when I'm, you know, when I'm having a good day, they're helpful. When I'm having a bad day, um, and, you know, my clients are doing things that just make me want to, put my head on the desk and cry. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't do that. It's against the law. And yet, you know, there they go. Um, and so I'll click on the affirmation and it's like, ah. Oh. And, and, you know, it's a little inspiration to help me cope with whatever's coming up. So I appreciate it. Oh, good. Thank you. Good. Yeah, on, on the main page on my website, there's a link to the Tarot Affirmation of the Day. Um, I wish I could say that I... I'm diligently updating that every day, but I'm not. Um, well, you know, life happens. But, yes. But, um, you know, I, I update it like every, at least every two, three days, something like that, unless, mm-hmm. you know, something major is going on. Mm-hmm. And there's also a card of the month that mm-hmm. I talk about. Mm-hmm. And there's a, so there's a link to that also. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. there, there's both of those. Yeah, let's see. Tarot article of the month. It's Chariot this month. A good time to get up and go do stuff. But make a plan first. <laughs> plan, then act. And people get that backwards, you know? Sometimes, um, yes. Yeah, it's, it's the, the, the do, then think. No, bad, no, 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 no. Well, that's why the emperor comes before the chariot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. We just all need to remember it, then. That's, that's the thing. Yes, it's... it's uh, ah, yes, plan, prepare. Plan, prepare. There we go. Um, great. Well, thank you so much, James. It's been wonderful having you this morning. Oh, thank you very much. And I really appreciate your time and sharing your wisdom and your artwork and your thoughts with us. 
Thank you. And thank you, Rose Red. Thank you, Andrew. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you to our engineer, Christoph. Thank you to all of our listeners. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for someone you'd like to have on the podcast, drop us a note, podcast at tarotpathways.com. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.